Welcome to About the Winelands. In this show, we will be chatting to influencers and leaders in the wine industry, winemakers, restaurants, and other businesses. Tune in every Wednesday and Friday for our latest episodes. You will find us on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so that you do not miss out. Now, to get on with the show. Today, we are chatting to Tim Pearson. Tim and his wife Vaughan are the owners of Seven Springs Winery in the lovely Overberg region of South Africa. Tim, um, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, it's great to have you online. Welcome to our chat. Thank you. Um, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became involved in the wine industry in South Africa. Okay, I mean, I, um, that's quite a long story, but I'll, I'll be as brief as possible. Um, yeah, I'm 66 years old. Um, I'm English. Um, I'm um, born and bred in, in the United Kingdom. Um, but the South African connection, um, um, I'll, I'll go back a few years, 1994, 1995. My wife and I lived in South Africa with our two young daughters for six months. We lived in um, a place called Nelspreit, which is now, I think, Mbambela, um, which is mm -hmm. in what used to be called the Eastern Transvaal. Uh, we were going to buy a small cleaning business over there, but it didn't work out. But um, we were there for six months. So I guess that's where our real passion for South Africa came from. Um, we loved the Kruger Park and we loved the area and uh, things like that. So uh, the business didn't work out. So we came back to the UK. I built my business up over here, which is a commercial cleaning business. And 2005, uh, my wife and I came back to uh, South Africa for a three-week holiday. We were in the Cape for three weeks. And it was my wife who said, look, if you're still interested in doing something in the wine business, um, wine industry, let's just have a look and see if there's anything over here. And we visited Hermanus for two days. And my wife said, look, if we're going to do anything, this would be a great spot. So came back to the UK, did a few web searches and found a piece of land that was for sale down the uh, Hemelinard Road and spoke to the owner. Uh, went back and, and purchased 12 hectares of land. And that's how Seven Springs started. Initially, we were going to go in with um, a few other people um, who were going to buy similar uh, plots of land and then go in as a, um, if you like, not as a cooperative, but as a, um, um, do a joint venture, if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, they fell by the wayside. So we decided to um, start our own business up and start up a um, uh, Seven Springs, and I'll come on to how we got the uh, the name later. But that's uh, in a nutshell how we how it started. I have no experience in the wine industry. So I was I, I was I was wondering about that because it's quite a jump from a cleaning business to to the wine industry. Okay, I look. I've loved, I've always loved wines, and a lot of our holidays um, when we were when the 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 girls were younger. We have two daughters, um, Kim, who's uh, 36, and Kate, our youngest, who's 33. Um, a lot of our holidays when they were much younger were camping holidays in France, and they always uh, were in um, areas uh, which were wine 
producing areas because I've always loved wine. Um, so that's um, where this sort of uh, the, the beginning of like the knowledge came from and visiting winemakers and visiting different estates and things like that. And a lot of them were very, very small people, very small farmers. So that's, um, and we didn't have, um, we didn't have much money in those days. So the, the holidays had to be done on the cheap, which meant we were um, taking last minute cancellation holidays and just going to areas that were beautiful and were full of, um, you know, uh, full of wine farms. Awesome. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the French countryside and the French wine areas are such a joy to visit. Um, Tim, why did you decide to establish a new winery from scratch rather than investing into one um, that already existed? Okay. I, I guess I, the, the easy answer for that one, Will, is that um, I, I guess I've always loved a challenge. And um, I think the thing is, it would have, yes, I guess it would have been easy. We have a house in Italy, okay, so we have a, a, a home in the area where they make the Verdicchio grape in, or Verdicchio wine in Italy. People say, well, why didn't you set up there? And um, uh, I, you know, it was, wasn't a matter of just sort of investing in a wine farm or something like that. I like to take something from nothing, from, uh, from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy a, a challenge. Um, but we'd found this piece of land and we felt that we could develop it. We knew the area was good for making Pinot Noir and uh, Chardonnay. We didn't have a a lot of money behind us. We didn't have, you know, um, uh, millions and millions of rand that we could invest in a a wine farm. So it was something we had to do from a a more, if you like, a more modest um, start. And by buying some land and then planting that land and then developing it from from scratch gave us the opportunity to to do this. Um, And my cleaning business was, um, we employed 250 people in the cleaning business over here. um, And that business was making enough money to be able to uh, invest on an ongoing basis in, Uh um, in in seven Springs. That's awesome. Um, it must have been quite a journey from the time you planted the first vines to actually producing the first bottle. <laughs> I think that's a bit of an understatement, Will. <laughs> um, I mean, look, okay, I mean, it's, I know it's a cliche, but life is a journey. And I think what you have to do, if, if, if your passion is about something, you can find a way of doing it. You know, I'm not, you know, uh, you have to um, live within your means, I guess, but... Uh, it's been an interesting journey. I've had to apply logic um, to all I do, um, but um, we have some good friends over there in, in the wine industry. So we, we knew people like Bayer's Truter and Ken Forrester and Darnie Devet. We'd met people like this before, you know, we even um, thought about buying some land over there. And I think, always felt that the South African wine industry or people within that, that industry were very much, um, very much united, very much uh, pro South Africa, very much pro the wine lands, very much pro their own products. And were people I saw had a real passion for what they're doing, but that's the same with anybody making wine or anybody in farming. I think, you know, you people don't go into this type of business to make a lot of money. Uh, if we'd have, if that had been something that was um, 
high on my agenda, then we wouldn't have uh, gone into the wine business. We'd have invested money in property or something like that. But um, I think the most important thing for, for us was, and I'm, I, I'm very much involved in Seven Springs with my wife as well. Uh, Vaughan, my wife, is, is, uh, works with me and we, we, we work very much as a team over here. But, um, you know, so that's, that's the scenario there. Well, that's amazing. I mean, um, it's true that you, what you're saying is that farming, I think, lends itself, you know, to be a community type operation in the first place. And it's, it's very nice that you can actually, you know, um, do your business and, and you, got, you guys doing it as a couple is amazing. Um, Seven Springs, an interesting name. Where did that come from? Very good. Okay. Well, if I tell you, we, we, um, we purchased the land in 2006 and then we planted vines 2007, 2008. So we actually have um, uh, sort of eight and a half hectares of planted grapes. But um, so the fact was we had time to think about names and, you know, do marketing and start getting things in, into shape. Um, the name Seven Springs took us about four years to come up with. Oh. It was only in, you know, we, we didn't want to use something like Pearson Family Vineyards and you know, we just couldn't come up with a name that we really felt was, um, was, was appropriate. Anyway, um, we decided that our first harvest would be 2010. It was going to be 2011. Um, but in November 2009, Peter uh, Finlayson, who is um, Bouchard Finlayson, um, co-owner and winemaker, mm -hmm. Peter said, look, if you want to make wine next year, i.e. in 2010, you can do so. Uh, because these, these grapes are, uh, are, are good enough to make wine. So uh, we, we were then sort of a year ahead of what, where our plans were. And then we thought, oh, We've got to come up. We've got to come up with a, a name. We've got to come up with a, somebody to make our wines and somewhere to, to make the wines if we're going to make them in in 2010. So we were. We then started looking for an appropriate name, and it was actually my wife Vaughan who was looking online um, at Caledon, which is our nearest town. Seven Springs is between Caledon and Hermanus, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, Vaughan was reading that, that Caledon has seven springs, six of them thermal springs, one uh, cold spring. And we said, that's it. That's the name. We, we had that eureka moment. Um, so that's, that's where seven springs came from. Oh, that's an awesome story. Was there, was there a bit of inspiration there? So and I thought if wine making, if wine making is going to be half as, uh, as difficult as coming up with the name, we, we might as well get out of it now. Well, that's, I mean, are you talking about that? I would like to um, ask a bit about your, um, you know, your winemaking philosophy. And also, tell us a bit more about the wines um, that you are producing. Okay, so um, the grapes we planted were um, Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay for the white, white grapes and Pinot Noir and Syrah for the red grapes. So we make um, six wines in total, uh, an oak and an unoaked Chardonnay. We make a Sauvignon Blanc. We make a Syrah Rosé, which is only in its second vintage. We've only made two, two Rosés. Interesting. We make a, a Syrah or a Syrah or a Shiraz, if you want to call it Shiraz, and a Pinot Noir. 
and I guess our wine winemaking philosophy is um, minimal intervention. We only um, use sprays and chemicals as and when uh, they're required. Um, so we keep it. Um, I mean, minimal intervention is a very um, difficult term to sort of um, uh, to sort of uh, quantify, but we um, we keep it as naturally as possible. Um, we're not organic. We are not um, biodynamic because we have next door an apple farmer who uses chemical sprays and things, and we're close to people that are using um, chemical sprays. <laughs> so we didn't know um, enough about organic farming, living 6,000 miles away. Um, so uh, minimal intervention is, is, is what we do in, in, in the actual vineyard and the winery. That's interesting. The, the, um the un, um, um, oat um, Chardonnay that you are making interests me because, um, you know, it, it, it was a fashion in the 90s in South Africa to almost over-oak the Chardonnay. And, um, Correct. So, so can you tell me a little bit more about that? That's quite interesting. Yeah, from day one, we'll, we've, um, we've only ever used second and third fill barrels for our oaking um, regime, if you like. Um, so we use barrels that have already been used a couple of times, three times before. I assume that um, is because your, your vineyard is quite new. Yeah, and the other thing is neither my wife and I like overly oaked wines. Um, I, why kill off good fruit with, uh, with a heavily, uh, heavily oak? I think if you're going to add oak or add oak barrels, what you need to do is to... Um, use the use the barrels as a or use the oak as a complement and not as a, a dominating factor and i think with with wine making and wine i think the most important thing is having the right balance so um when we started the farm um we, we when when peter finlayson said look you can make a wine in 2010 we had to find a winemaker so a very good friend of ours a guy called um, guillaume now guillaume um said he'd had a young lady working for him for the season. He was a winemaker at Baxburg at the time. Okay. He came up with a young lady called Rihanna van der Merwe, and Rihanna um, was 24 at the time. So we took Rihanna on um, in um, very late 2009 to make our wines uh, in 2010. We didn't have a winery at the time, so we made our first wines at Iona in Elgin. And okay. In subsequent years, we made our wines at, um, at a place called Almonkirk in Elgin until moving to our own winery facility um, two and a half years ago. Oh, awesome. I see you've established uh, quite a good network of international distribution, um, and that must have taken a lot of hard work and sweat. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because that was actually established in quite a short time for, for such an extensive network. Yeah, I think the thing is, it's about reaching out to people, but it's also um, difficult is the right word because, you know, you can't meet these people face to face often. Um, if you go to shows like Provine, and we've been to Provine twice, and it's mm -hmm. such a big show and has so many people going on. I think what I tried to do to start with was target people um, who I felt would be suitable for importing our wines. Um, we did. I hadn't. I didn't have a hit list of look. Let's have a look at this country first and that country second. 
I think what we wanted to do, the most important thing, was working with people that have a similar philosophy to us, um, people that you felt could um, represent your brand in their country, but also people we felt we could work with on a personal basis and help build our business while building their business. And, you know, we've had some people that we've dealt with. Um, we've had, you know, we've, we had an importer in the USA. Um, unfortunately, um, he, he, his business stopped. Him and his wife were, um, were divorced and we were ended, ended up um, owing us a lot of money and things like that. So you have, you have all of these sort of, um, you know, you can do as much homework as you can on people. Um, but, you know, we have some good importers. Um, we have some people we've been uh, uh, Our longest importer is a guy called uh, Morton. Um, and uh, he's based in Denmark. He has a very small wine shop called Vingaven, which is in the north of Denmark. But, you know, he's consistently orders our wines. We go over every couple of years and do wine tastings with his, um, his customers. And it's a matter of building relationships up and actually working with people. So yes, we've got a we've got a we have a number of, of networks. We're actually looking at the moment at extending or expanding our international markets. But um, you know, we only produce 50,000 bottles a year, Will. So you know, we're not a um, we don't produce a massive amount of wines. And certainly um, from um, our perspective, we opened a tasting room about 18 months ago, which is obviously closed during this current crisis. But that's um, obviously that's bringing more and more people in, both visitors locally and international visitors, because um, we are close to Hermanus, uh, international visitors to to, the, to our, our vineyard and our winery. Just a quick interruption, but I do need to remind you that our winelands have some of the most fantastic places you can visit. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Visit Winelands, and we will keep you updated with the latest offers and other special deals in the winelands. That is on Instagram at Visit Winelands. Now, let's get on with the show. Talking about the US, I see that you've got a brand called Over the Mountain, specifically that you branded for the US market. Um, is there a story behind this? <laughs> Well, would you think there's a story behind it? Oh yes, that's why I'm asking the question. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a curious person. Uh, of course, there's a story behind it. The, the fact is, there is. Um, if you do a web search, you'll probably find that there is a um, a Seven Springs based in Missouri, uh, a very small winery based in Missouri called Seven Springs. There's also a small vineyard. It's about 22 acres in um, acre terms in Oregon called Seven Springs Vineyard. Okay. Um, the vineyard isn't, it's, it's just used as to produce um, Pinot Noir grapes, but um, that then sells, they then sell the, um, the grapes to one or two producers who produce the wine under um, their own label, but under Seven Springs Vineyard. So oh, okay. we felt if we we're going to sell our wines in, in America, uh, the only way of doing it was to um, um, come up with some kind of alternative brand rather than you know, looking at legal battles of um, saying that we were called Seven Springs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we decided to come up with um, a different name for America, and that name took me about ten minutes, which is which is um, quite a 
a change from the seven springs name. i was just thinking that it's it's like a it's it's quite it's quite a difference and then, in and choosing a name in time for <laughs> and very easily well the the name seven springs came from um uh, the name uh, over the mountains sorry came from uh, almost a literal translation of overberg which is the area oh, that okay, we're yes, in of course so overberg uh, you being afrikaans i guess but know what the a literal translation of that is or so it was it was very very simple to come up with that that name i hadn't even we hadn't even thought about it before and then when we thought oh, we've got to come up with an alternative name it just sort of snapped and we thought overberg over the mountain yeah let's go for that so um that's interesting to me that you mentioned that you i mean you're obviously not producing um in bulk and um, I've talked to a lot of wineries before that, you know, are scared of the U.S. market because they feel they cannot really supply the demand that would um, come from the U.S. Have you had any um, areas in that problem or problems in that area? No, I think what you have to do is to choose. Look, you, the important thing, I think, is choosing an importer. And it's no good us going for an importer that is um, um, states-wide. Um, or covers all of the United States because obviously we don't have enough wine. We don't, we, we couldn't supply um, a fraction of what they would look for. So you have to choose importers that probably have, um, you know, we have an importer at the moment, for instance, in Florida, um, they're called PG Fine Wines. And they're based near Fort Lauderdale, but they only cover Florida and they only cover the, um, the restaurants, uh, mostly restaurant business. And so, you know they um, they are of a of a size which we can supply and look after and it works well. So it's about not trying to take take off chew off more than you can eat. So the, my next question is about you know your location. I mean you're so well located between um, tourism hotspots. They're close to Cape Town. You know close for uh, lots of international visitors in a place like Hermanus and. Um, uh, are you currently looking to expand your tasting room and maybe build a restaurant or accommodation or any of those things that most of you know the bigger farms are doing? Is that in your future plans? Um, look, I don't know. I mean, in, um, no uh, is the simple answer to, to the question. Um, we have um, uh, we have a, a, a tasting room. It's quite small. It's very personal. It very much fits in with our philosophy as 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 people, and I guess our as a, our brand. Um, what we are, we're very um, we're very inclusive people. We're very welcoming people, and anybody coming to the tasting room, it's a matter of giving them a, a, a you know a personal tasting rather than a generic tasting. You don't want to employ people in a in a tasting room that goes to a sort of a a checklist and said well, this wine is x x amount of uh, percent alcohol it was harvested on this date so um, when people come and taste wines with us it's either whitney uh, the lady that runs our office or gus uh, we have a winemaker now called uh, gus dale gus has been with us two years because um, rihanna our winemaker we've grown up with rihanna um, went and uh, is now living in Australia. Um, she wow. met a guy from Australia and and decided he he couldn't work in South Africa, so she decided to go and and um, and live with him in uh, in in Australia. 
but um, so it's either Gus um, Whitney or Renico, who's our assistant winemaker, who will do the tasting with people when when they when they come on the farm. So we can't afford to take somebody on full time doing that job because we don't get sufficient visitors. We get quite a few visitors, so it's done by whoever's there. And if my wife and I are there, we we usually um, we, we usually go and uh, come over to South Africa on there. Are you, are you open certain times or do visitors have to make an appointment? No, we're open daily 11 o'clock until 4 o'clock. So okay. our office, obviously our, our, our office is at the winery. We're open 11 till 4. Um, we, if people want to come and do a group tasting, for instance, and we have some groups coming in from like, uh, we had a group in from New Zealand last year and I think another one from the Netherlands um, uh, last year. If uh, somebody's going to bring a, a, a tour along of, of seven, eight, nine, ten people, just let us know and then we can prepare for it. But um, weekends, we open weekends from September until the end of March. Uh, we open 11 o'clock until four o'clock weekends. Awesome. Tim, now to something more serious. I mean, this coronavirus, um, I think, has forced everyone to rethink their business models. And... Um, I noticed that you don't have an online shop on your website, as an example. But um, do you have any do you have any changes or new ideas in mind um, going forward? Are you seeing any major changes happening? You said going to something more serious. I thought the wine business was quite serious, but uh, <laughs> yes, I think what the coronavirus is doing. Um, it's obviously everybody's going into a lockdown mode, and as I said, we we live in the UK. We only um, arrived back in. Uh, in England from uh, South Africa um, about 11, 12 days ago. Wow. Um, but what's happening is um, uh, more and more people are obviously shopping online now because they're unable to get to the shops. And online um, was not something we did. We didn't have an online shop. We did actually, our wines were or have been available online through a, um, a company called Abuzz. Abuzz are based in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy called Nick Plummer um, has been running and, and managing a buzz. He owns a, a buzz, but not directly. But we um, were in the process to the, uh, before this happened of setting up an online um, an online portal on our website for our wines, and uh, we have someone who is doing that for us. She's based in uh, Johannesburg. And um, she is uh, in the process or has been in the process of setting up an online um, uh, business for us. Um, I understand online. I mean, we have a company over here called Slurp. It's S-L-U-R-P. And Slurp are um, an online wine merchant in the UK. And they've seen an exponential uh, growth in their business, as most online businesses have in not just the UK, but I guess Europe. Uh, during the coronavirus situation, people are sitting at home, they can't get out so much. So they're ordering stuff that they would normally get from, say, a bottle store. They're now ordering online because there's a very little um, option of, of doing otherwise. But in South Africa, as you probably know, Will, um, we're not even able to sell wine anymore. We can't export any wines 
So it's, uh, it's actually, um, you know, everything is shut down. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of that. I think also I saw that some of your European distributors, I think the one in Germany has an online shop. So, so you know. And Vine is, yes. And Vine is, is 100% online, um, mm -hmm. an online um, wine, wine merchant. Okay, that's awesome. So, uh, Tim, what is the most important thing that you've learned from your wine journey? Oh, how long is this interview going to take? Well, <laughs> I mean, people are sitting at home, so go, go ahead, you know, to pour your heart out here. But no, it's not a matter of pouring my heart out. Look, I think the thing is, and, and I'm, not, I'm not just going to talk about what, what we've done here. Um, I think if you have a passion for something, like I said earlier, you find a way of doing it. Um, would I have done something, or would we have done something different if we'd have started again? Yes, maybe, and I think we, we, we probably would have done. But um, I think what it's, um, you know, I, I built my cleaning business over here from scratch, and we now employ 250 people. I hadn't, I didn't have a, I didn't know a thing about cleaning before I started that business. I started from home because we didn't have any money. Um, so uh, I think what 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 um, I think what you can can gain um, out of life in general is that if you've got a passion for doing something or a desire for doing something, find a way of doing it. I think what the wine what what the wine industry what what we knew from the start was. Um, we are not going to make a lot of money out of the wine business unless you build a business up and then sell it on. Um, we were not looking to make a lot of money out of the business. It wasn't something we went into because we um, we felt it was something we were going to get rich on because we knew that was not the case. And I think what we did was um, we've uh, we've met a lot of people. We've actually been to a lot of countries that we wouldn't have been to. We've had a, a, a really positive experience. We've had negativities along the way. There always are in any business or any uh, venture in life. But, you know, I don't have a philosophy, but, you know, the most important thing as far as uh, we're concerned, and my wife and I are the same, A, that we, we, we're in good health and our kids are in good health. That is most important to us. And just treat people the way that you would like to be treated. You know, we, you know, we're no different to anybody else. We may have started a wine farm and we may own a wine farm, um, but that makes us no different to other people. As I said in, the, in our philosophy at Seven Springs is that we're very welcoming, we're very open, we're very um, uh, inclusive. And I think the thing is, it's, um, it's just the, this business has taken us... Um, to places that we wouldn't have been to and it's given us experiences we wouldn't have had and I think whatever you do in life if you have a change of direction in your life um, whether it's a, a job or whether it's a new partnership or whatever it just throws you in a different direction and I guess this is what's what's happened if we hadn't have gone to um, Nelspreit for instance in 94-95 to uh, look at buying this cleaning business I told you about I don't think we'd have been um, um, uh, speaking to you now about um, having a wine business in in the Western Cape, isn't it amazing? Because at the time you probably you know were a bit dejected because the cleaning business didn't take off, and now you ended up in something that you really love. 
No, I've never been to Jekyll because I've always known, as I said, if my wife and I are together and we've been married 40 years this year, you know, that to, to me is, is, is very important. I think what you have to do is really go back to basics. If something doesn't work out, yeah, maybe it may be a real negative to you at the time. But I, I think life shows you that um, what happens, you, you do something and it doesn't work out. Like I said, it throws you in a different direction. And, you know, what, what was a negative, and we loved a nail spray, we loved the area of the Eastern Transvaal. Um, but we came back to the UK and we built our business up here. So it just, um, you just get on and do something else. Awesome. Tim, as my last um, question to you, can you give us your very own wine quote? <laughs> That's a very good answer. And uh, I think the, the very simple answer is no, I don't, I don't, I don't have any wine quotes. And if, if I, if I did say something, it might sound pretty cheesy. So, um, I think, um, okay, I'll give you something. Drink wine and be happy. Drink wine and be happy. Oh, that doesn't sound cheesy at all. That sounds right to me. No, I think the thing is, look, I think the wine business is, it's a great business to be in. You've got some phenomenal winemakers in South Africa. You've got some phenomenal people in the industry. You've got an industry that gets very little support from the government, uh, gets very little support from, from, from Woza. Um, unfortunately, Woza is, is, is vastly underfunded. But you've got some brilliant people in the South African wine industry that are really driving uh, the industry forward. They're earning the country a, a hell of a lot of money um, in exports and in revenue. And, you know, I'm, we feel really proud. My wife and I feel really proud of being uh, involved in, in that industry. And we've made some really good friends and we've had a lot of positive times. Well, it was great chatting to you and thank you so much for spending the time. I think um, our listeners will find this um, very interesting and I would certainly love to uh, meet you at some point and, you know, visit, visit with you. Well, you'd be very welcome to visit whether we're here, there or not. We're there for two and a half months usually, as I say, it's usually sort of um, most of January, February and half of March. But um, if you ever get to... Um, um, uh, Hermanus Way or Caledon Way, you will be more than welcome, as any of your listeners will. Thank you very much, Tom. You're very welcome. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Also, for a small donation of 100 Rand, we will list links to your business on your website. Thanks again for supporting About Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on your social media channels. All details and links are in the description.